This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. For our podcast listeners, you can't see me right now, but I'm hiding behind my uh, Tar Heel fans parking only sign. But unfortunately, I can't do the show from back there. So, oh me. Welcome to a new episode of ACC Tailgate. That was weird and fun and sad all at the same time. A lot of emotions going on. Uh, Welcome to ACC Tailgate. I am your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. Hope you had a great weekend. I sure as hell didn't, but hope you had a great weekend of college football, professional football. Hope your team won. Mine didn't, pro or college, but that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Brownie, whatever you like to eat, dessert, cake, whatever. It crumbles that way sometimes. Um, we'll get into Carolina a little bit later. Obviously, I uh, need to get myself together before I go there. Uh, <clears throat> gather it. Uh, but yeah, so right off the top, I think my opening statement is going to be this. NC State, even when you win, you seem to lose. And I'll get into that a little more later as well. Um. Uh, we're going to start with some housekeeping type things with the ACC new rankings, new AP polls. Um, yeah, we're going to get into all that. And also, uh, I was trying to remember it, and now I did. Uh, for you UNC and NC State fans, you're going to want to stick around to the very end because I actually have a special uh, stat that I'm going to share uh ahead of Carolina playing NC State actually next weekend in Chapel Hill. Uh, big game for both of those teams for different reasons. We'll get into that a little bit towards the back half, even towards really the end of the show. But stick around for that special stat that I, even as a diehard Carolina fan, did not know. But those of you that are old school, probably more old school uh fans of both the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels, you may know this. You may not, and you may be interested to know this stat. So now that I've hyped that up as well as I possibly can, because I found it interesting, uh, let's get into the show uh, on a Monday 
here at 7.03 Eastern Time. I want to welcome you all in. If you're joining through podcast, if you're watching live, we don't have anybody live on just yet. Hopefully you guys will be piling in here in just a minute. If you're watching after uh, the live stream, welcome in. Appreciate you. Glad you found us here on ACC Tailgate on the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. Uh, so the ACC just keeps moving along as far as uh, their just cluttering of the AP Top 25 polls. Uh, you know, I got them all written down here. Clemson obviously stays where it is at number one. Go figure. By the way, we'll get into that a little later as well. There's so many good things to talk about today. Um, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of bummed out because it was like a bittersweet fact that I learned and told you guys on Friday's show was that every single, for the first time all year, every single ACC team was playing on Saturday. That hadn't happened all year. And while that's fantastic in the COVID world that we're currently living in and hopefully in the back end of, in a world where we didn't know what sports we would even look like or if we would get them at all. The fact that every single ACC team was getting to play on the same day, that was a really, really special thing, I think, for all of us, regardless of which team you pull for. Um, and, and no matter how bad they choke against FSU. Uh, <clears throat> I thought that was a really special stat. And uh, the ACC just keeps trucking along in the top 25. Uh, you know, one of the things, oh, getting back to, my brain went somewhere else, uh, getting back to the stat of every single ACC team playing on Saturday, while that was nice and great and made you feel warm and fuzzy inside ev after everything this year, it was kind of met by not great matchups. I thought, and I we talked about this, I personally thought the most interesting matchup, it turned out not to be, really. I thought the most interesting matchup was Virginia Tech and Boston College. Now, it was great for Virginia Tech. They got a big win. Uh, you know, I felt like Boston College is – they're definitely heading in the right direction. But I felt like Boston College was really kind of playing with house money. They really didn't have anything to lose. Uh, you know, they're, they're rebuilding right now. Now, Virginia Tech, on the other hand, I was curious, you know, what version were we going to get? Were you going to get the version of them from the beginning of the year when they – steamrolled NC State, I think it was. It was, now that I'm thinking about it. Or were you going to get the version that rolled over against Carolina two weeks ago? Uh, you got the version from earlier in the year, and you're starting to get more evidence that that might be, especially now that Hendon Hooker seems to have a little something going for him now at quarterback. Virginia Tech's guy that didn't start out the year. He had to sit out for COVID there for a few weeks. Finally got in some. Uh, against Carolina, even though it was kind of back and forth between him him and the other guy. I forget the other guy's name. Um, Hendon Hooker seems to be the guy for Virginia Tech, and now Virginia Tech seems to have a little something going for him. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But just not a lot of great matchups, it appeared. Now, this week definitely provided – one, good for me and, and other uh, people who cover such things, provided a lot of content and a lot of things to talk about. Um, really, 
in many, many aspects. I mean, you had a blowout between Clemson and, and like I'm talking a historically lopsided blowout between Clemson and Georgia Tech, and you had Carolina choking and, you know, NC State's now ranked. So let's let's get into uh, the top 25, new this week, the top 25 rankings. Obviously, you've got Clemson number one, you know, staying right where they've always been forever. Um, Notre Dame, and I'm going to talk – I haven't talked, and hello uh, to the two people who just – Popped in here. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, Notre Dame, I'm going to kind of talk about them a little more kind of in depth today. Uh, haven't spent a ton of time talking about them. Obviously, they're one of the teams that appears to be kind of in the number two role under Clemson's, you know, massive number one. Seems even more so now. Uh, but they're, they're number three, you know, coming up one spot from number four from last week. Uh, Miami number 11, that's where they're at currently. They're up two spots after being number 13 last week. Carolina dropped drastically. They're now number 14 after being all the way up to number five. I can already hear you Carolina haters now. Overrated. The heels are overrated. I don't know. I, I'm not willing to say... They were, and again, if the two people I got watching right now, if this is your first time in here, I am a Carolina fan. Let's get that out of the way. Full transparency, open and honest here on ACC Tailgate. Um, but that is not why I'm not willing to say Carolina was overrated ju- yet. Yet. I have to put the yet in there. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, they're not, they're not overrated. What are you talking about? Because it's possible. It is. But I'm not willing to go there yet. I need to see what they're going to do against NC State next week. And then, depending on how they do or do not regroup, then we may have to have that conversation. I mean, because five's up there. Five is up there. Uh, And so, I just don't – I don't know. I don't want to call them overrated just yet. Um, but that was quite noisy in many comment sections around social media after that nice little upset <clears throat> that they pulled off. Uh, so, yeah, UNC goes from five all the way down to 14. Uh, then you have Virginia Tech, who I felt, again, was very interesting because uh, you didn't know what version of them you were going to get. Were you going to get the version that looked, okay, pretty decent, to start the season, or were you going to get what they did against Carolina two weeks ago, uh, where they just, I don't know, like it was a, I mean, they put, they put up points, but they couldn't stop anything with their run defense at all. The defensive line was not good, but again, Hendon Hooker might have a little something there, uh, down at Virginia tech. So they're 19 coming up four spots from number 23 last week. And then, really, to me, and, and you know, it's it's like poison in my mouth saying this as a Carolina fan. Oh, <clears throat> getting it all out. Uh, NC State is ranked, and it's the first time they've been ranked in a couple years. And I believe, yeah, it's their first time being ranked. I think since 2018, and it's their 13th time, if I'm not mistaken. I have this down somewhere, but. 
I'm pretty sure it's their 13th time being ranked in the AP Top 25 uh, under Dave Doran. Um, so that's that's massive for the Wolfpack. Now, granted, it came at a cost, and we're going to get into that more a little later. You know, Devin Leary out four to eight weeks is what it sounds like. But, again, it's like when NC State wins – they somehow seem to lose. And now this is not a joking matter. Like you don't want to, you know, very similar to Dak Prescott's injury, which obviously magnet, I don't know about magnitudes, but obviously way worse than Devin Leary's injury. And you, you never want any injury period across the board because, you know, you're dealing with people's futures, people's careers, people's health, uh, you know, both mental and physical. We all know this. Uh, so you never want to joke around and you never want to wish that on anybody. But, uh, much like I enjoy hating the Cowboys and you don't want to see Dak go down like that. Same with NC State. I love watching NC State constantly trip over themselves year after year after year, whether you're talking about base or what, well, baseball, I'm not as sure, but basketball and football, no question. They, te- they, they tend to trip over themselves. And so NC State, they've got a lot of momentum built up right now they're ranked 23 they haven't been ranked since ranked since 2018 last year was a complete train wreck uh but it came at a cost with Devin Leary and so I'm curious to see I'm curious to see where they're gonna go next because they've got and it looks like they've got three quarterbacks you know in the backups you know obviously Hockman I believe has been named the starter as of right now but Dave Doran has said the other two guys are gonna have to be ready to roll as well and so it sounds very similar to last year's merry-go-round musical chairs if you will at the quarterback position between Devin Leary I believe Hockman was in that mix as well I don't remember who the third was but that was one of the issues that NC State had that kind of led to them being just the mediocre train wreck that they were last year. So I'm curious to see, like, and again, I talked about this earlier. It's going to be interesting to see UNC, NC State next Saturday, this coming Saturday at Chapel Hill. For different reasons on both sides, it's going to be very interesting to see how both of these teams respond to the cards that they are currently holding in this uh, nice little crosstown poker game. So, but yeah, six, six teams are now ranked. I mean, the number just gets high. It goes up one every week. It was like four a handful of weeks ago. Then a couple weeks ago it was five. And now it is six. I don't know. I know, uh, I think it was three teams that were in the top 25. It was Clemson, Miami, or no, no, it was Clemson. I don't know. I think it was like the three teams in the top five, uh, Carolina, Clemson, and it was either Miami. I think it was Miami before they got just blown out by Clemson. It was either them or Notre Dame. I don't think there had ever been three teams in the top five from the ACC ever. Um, I don't know, and somebody let me know if you know this, I don't know that 
the ACC has ever had six teams in the AP uh, top 25 polls as long as it's been the AP polls. I don't know that they've ever had six. So this is just, and I feel like I'm beating a dead, you know, I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse, broken record every week, but I can't help it because it's like, ACC football has completely done a 180 from last year when they were so mediocre that Clemson's credibility was questioned because of the lack of competition to now you've got record numbers of the ACC. They've got the most teams. I mean, I'll put it this way. They've got the most teams right now today in the AP Top 25 than any conference, including the SEC, which has basically been to football what the ACC has been to basketball, which, again, it makes this whole thing so exciting because – while the ACC is completely up its game in the ACC uh, uh, for football this year. Meanwhile, we've got basketball getting ready to steamroll right in behind it. So it's just like, God, it is such an exciting time to be an ACC fan. Um, shout out Peter Berg. I don't know if you're one of the two I got in here right now, but uh, actually definitely shout out Peter Berg uh, because he was actually in, So I'm getting used to this whole uh, platform that I do the show on. And he got in late, or he got in some comments late in the show on Friday, and I actually didn't. I thought I had, I thought I had the right screen up to see the comment section, but it turns out I didn't. And I actually did not see. He had, he left me like three. I mean, really loyal fan, big Syracuse fan. So, a uh, big shout out, Peter Berg. He was actually the first follower that I got on Twitter, like since I started doing the show. Uh, and so that was kind of cool to meet him and. He left me like three comments, and one of them he was talking, talking some trash because he's again big Syracuse fan, and I believe the segment that he got in on Friday, I was talking some ACC basketball, which we're going to be sprinkled. Not, I don't think I'm going to get into it today, but you know, here here in the next few episodes, we're going to get into it very heavy. Uh, but I was talking some basketball, and you know, he had the audacity to remind me what Syracuse did to Carolina in the last ACC game basketball game of the year. And then COVID happened when Syracuse absolutely blew out Carolina, which feels like everybody blew out Carolina at least once last year in basketball. We won't get into that. It's just not, not a lot of good things to say about Carolina football or basketball uh, today. Carolina basketball is coming this year, but between what they did last year and then obviously the all choke job against FSU – the other day, just ah, we're we all right. Uh, but yeah, big shout out to Peter. Uh, hate that I didn't get to respond to his comments in real time on the show, but I did because again, I talked about this a lot in the first episode. I really want to make this a community where I get to know each and every one of you um, personally and just get to know you guys and build a, a real community here. And uh, you know, responding to every single comment, which is something I don't think a lot of people in the media, sports media, at least because I watch and I, I watch how certain public figures interact with people. And it's just like, they want the, you want, they want to be listened to or watched, but it's like, they want the listen, they want the views, but it's like, they don't do, in my opinion, a good enough job of actually interacting with the actual people behind the views and listens that they're trying to get. And I just, I go the opposite way. I, I just, cause I think that's how you actually build up a following in a community. 
is by realizing that people are the game. And so, but yeah, uh, so wanted to make sure I gave Peter a quick shout out uh, for that. So I kind of want to start, since we've already kind of gotten into a little bit, uh, I kind of want to get into NC State-Duke. Uh, NC State obviously took out Duke this week at Duke uh, 31-20. You know, NC State finally ranked, uh, you know, all this and that. Thirteenth time they're ranked under Dave Doran. I believe, I don't know how many times, uh, I don't know how many times that they were, or how many weeks I should say, they were ranked in the top 25 in that 2018 season under Dave Doran. Not 100% sure. It might have been a good, solid number in that 2018 season. Uh, But they've got a three-game win streak. And while I'm happy and I'm not not wanting to – well, I'm wanting to, but obviously in – in respects to doing an actual objective show, I don't want to rain on NC State's parade right now because I've I've heard all the comments and I've read them and I've heard them and all the NC State fans. They're so, like, in all honesty, like I'm so legit happy for you guys right now because it's just again like it's been such tripping over themselves all the time, you know train wrecking football last year constantly in the bubble conversation in basketball last year and it appeared that that if COVID hadn't happened and there would have been an actual NCAA tournament I don't think NC State like I they had they had a little something going on but I don't think NC State would have ended up getting into the NCAA tournament I just don't they had too many I mean you guys know the committee you know how this stuff works both football and basketball I think you know, regardless of which one you're talking about, the committee uh, selection, they're nitpicky. You know, they want to know who – it's not even so much how many wins and how many losses you have. Well, it is how many losses you have. But even if you've only got a couple losses, they want to know who did you lose to and by how much and how and why. And, you know, it, it's – you talk about detail – I mean, you you literally the tiniest things you can't screw up if you really want to win over the the selection committee for basketball or football, and you know even though NC State had those games in the one that I always think of because I was you know there covering it, so it stands out to me and was that historic win that they had at PNC Arena when Duke came in to the building and it was like they never left Durham. They just basically came in a shell of themselves, and NC State absolutely pounced on the Blue Devils that night. It was a blowout. It was double-digit, 20-point lead the whole way, pretty much. Markel Johnson was incredible for NC State. You know, the big half-court shot. He might have had two half-court buzzer beaters that game, if I remember, but he definitely had one uh, going into the halftime break. But wins like that, that made NC State, and that was, again, that was during the whole, you know, while they're on the bubble – and then they were turn around and lose to somebody at the very bottom of the ACC that they had no business losing to because, quite frankly, they were better than that, in all honesty, and because it's like, all right, you guys are in the bubble conversation. You cannot have losses like that uh, to teams in the bottom of the ACC when you're in that position. So 
Uh, I don't, that's a long way of saying I don't think NC State would have gotten into the tournament. So it's just stuff like that all the time for decades, really, for NC State. And NC NC State fans have dealt with some things uh, as just fans. And so it is nice to hear how excited they are to be in, you know, the top 25, ranked number 23. But then you also kind of hear the, ugh when you see Devin Leary out four to eight weeks because he was a big reason why they were starting to build some momentum and, you know, kind of how I got on this tangent. Uh, the the only thing, and, and, and getting back to my original preface uh, that I don't want to rain on NC State's parade when I say this, I mean, they haven't, other than that one win against Pitt when Pitt, you know, Pitt, there's a few teams that have really gone in the wrong direction. UVA is one of them. Pitt is one of them. Now, Louisville hasn't really done anything all year, but considering what they look like they could be last year under Scott Satterfield, that was his first year with Louisville as a head coach last year, they look like they might be on to building something there, and they've just completely gone the other way all year. And so... You know, there are certain teams that they're just going the wrong way when it looked like they might be onto something. And Pitt is one of those teams, and NC State was really almost the beginning of that when they upset that at the time that was a big upset when Pitt was ranked somewhere between 20 and 25, you know, back of the top 25. Uh, NC State upset them, and that was really what kind of started this momentum for NC State, and then obviously started Pitt just imploding and we'll see if they're able to kind of regroup but other than Pitt like NC State really hasn't played much of anybody like and I know specifically in this three game win streak window they they beat Pitt that was the first one they beat UVA who was also imploding they have not regathered themselves and since they got blown out by Clemson in the ACC title game and then NC State also beat Duke um, this this uh, past Saturday, a few days ago. So, and and Duke, I mean, they're they're not even in the conversation for anything this year at all. I mean, they've definitely taken a step back, several steps steps back as well down there in Durham. So, other than Pitt, and I and I don't remember, uh, NC State did lose convincingly like 40-something to 20-something to Virginia Tech. I believe that was their second game of the year. And then I think, I'm pretty sure it was NC State, their first game and first win of the year was against Wake Forest, which another team that's gone in the wrong direction since last year when Wake Forest appeared to have a little something brewing. And then everything just kind of imploded for them too between losing Jamie Newman, between uh, Sage Surratt not playing this year and just – this and that and the other thing uh, for reasons why Wake Forest is going in the wrong direction too. So it's not like NC State, like that, that is one of the reasons why I'm very fascinated. This is a big game for NC State, by the way. I didn't, uh, against uh, UNC on the road, I did not see NC State being ranked this quick at all. If anything, I thought, and maybe, no, I, I thought last week, and I'm pretty sure, because I was trying to remember it before the show, because I was like, wait, 
wasn't I kind of saying that NC State might have a shot to, after a few more wins, get in the top 25? And then I remember, no, I was actually talking about Boston College because Boston College was kind of in the same position that NC State was. They uh, had a little... I believe they had either a two or three game win streak going and they had a little, they had a little something going uh, for Boston college as well. And I thought, even though it was a little premature, I thought if Boston college could beat Virginia tech this week, which obviously that's, that would have been a ranked win, which would have really been a statement win, which is why I thought Boston college was already playing with house money because it's like, nobody expected them to really even be as good as they've been so far. Um, so they didn't really have much to lose, even in a loss to Virginia Tech, which they did receive. I thought if they would have beaten Virginia Tech, and then if they would have gotten maybe one more win after that, I thought Boston College could potentially be in the top twenty-five conversation. Obviously, that didn't happen, and it actually, you know, that's exactly what happened for NC State. So, yeah, I. I don't know. I just I think and see it, again. It's it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Carolina because that's a even that's in that's their biggest game of the year right there, easily. That is a hundred percent the biggest game of the year for NC State because not only is it going to be very important to see how they play. There's a lot of components to it. Is what I'm trying to say is because it's easily the toughest opponent that they've played all year. Um when really the only good opponent legit that NC State's played has been Pitt when they upset them when Pitt was actually ranked. And then you've also got to take into account, all right, how are you guys going to play? And I've talked about this before regarding NC State. You know, they tend to crumble under any type of expectation, and they have not done that at all. I mean, they've gone two straight weeks since there was any type of expectation when they beat Pitt, and they've gotten two wins. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do now that they are actually legit expectation because they're ranked for the first time in a little while, and they're in the top 25. So that's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. And then obviously the big elephant in the room as far as why this is such an important game is all right, now that Devin Leary's out, which is a big reason why you guys have been able to kind of get a little something going because Devin Leary, I mean, he's not been a superstar or anything special at quarterback, but he's been a very good uh, game manager. He's, I mean, he's he's just under 60% uh, pass completion. I believe it's like 59 point something last I looked, which was like, 30 minutes ago so he's been a great game manager and he's just been a solid captain on the field uh i don't know if he's actually a captain captain but just figuratively speaking a leader a captain uh on the field for the wolf pack and he's been a big part of this momentum that they built because it really kind of all started he was you know he was one of the big reasons it started and so it's going to be interesting to see how they respond without him, one. And two, they're going back into a similar quarterback situation, maybe not exactly as chaotic, but they're going back because Dave Dorn even said it, that, you know, obviously Bailey Hotman got the starting 
a nod as of now. But Ben Finley and Ty Evans, Dave Dorn said they need to be on standby and ready to go. So there's the potential for another quarterback carousel because Leary's out four to eight weeks. So forget it. He's out for the foreseeable future until we come down the stretch and really get to the end of the stretch at the end of the season. So that those are all the components as to why this is a big and the biggest game so far this year for NC State when they go down to Chapel Hill and take on UNC on Saturday. So we shall see. Now, very quickly, because there's really not much to talk about when it comes to the blowout that took place at Georgia Tech on Saturday. All right, so I was running some errands, so I actually didn't see really any of the Clemson game until like the last five to ten minutes of the fourth quarter. And I got home, and I obviously flipped it on because I knew they were on and playing. And I turned it on, and you know how when you turn something on, you go off and do something else in the room, and you know the TV's on, but you haven't really paid much attention to it yet because you just got home, you're getting situated. And I looked, and I saw the number 73 beside Clemson. And a very small digit next to Georgia Tech. Now, on initial instinct, you know how sometimes when you're watching a broadcast presentation of a football game, uh, when, you know, where the score box or the score line at the bottom of the screen is, a lot of times they'll they'll change uh, the numbers. And so, like, where each team's points are they'll switch it for like a few seconds when they're talking about a certain stat like uh, yards per carry or catches this game or uh, or uh, conversions on third down whatever it happens to be and they'll instead of the points beside the teams they'll change it to that stat while they're talking about it and then switch it back to the points for the game and so a lot of times those numbers for those stats tend to be obviously higher than the actual score because uh, you're talking about receptions and catches and just different numbers, yards per carry, whatever it happens to be, passing yards, I don't know. But that was how bad this was. The number was so high that on first look, I thought they were talking about rushing yards, like 73 rushing yards for somebody. Um, no, Clemson was up. And had 73 points. Points! Oh. Final 73-7. A lot to a little. I don't have really much to get into about this game. There's really not much to tell other than a few interesting notes that I took down, some numbers. Um, let's just take a look at this for a second. So. Since the first quarter of that of that game, Clemson scored 66, 66 unanswered points. So that's a big number. Here's another one. Clemson's there were 17. So this is a comparison. There were 17 Clemson players that caught 
passes over the course of the game compared to four players that caught passes for Georgia Tech. So yet again, a lot to a little. Here's the final one as we reach just beyond the mid part of this show. Four Clemson players threw passes over the course of the game. And one of them was a punter. Now, I've told you that when you're getting an ass kicking, you know, there's unwritten rules, less in football. It's more so a baseball thing. But just in a lot, in many sports, there's like unwritten rules, you know. You don't want to put the foot on the, you know, when you're up that much to that little, you don't want to just put the foot on the throat and keep piling it on. Yeah, Dabo Sweeney doesn't operate that way, if you know anything about it, and most of you probably do. Again, I'll go back to the game that I got to cover at NC State last year when Clemson came to NC State. NC State was imploding. Clemson's number one in the country. Uh, Actually, they were number two behind LSU at the time. But regardless, one of the powerhouses in college football. And they were up so much and putting the beat down so much on NC State that Dabo actually brought out a middle linebacker. Yes, I said middle linebacker, not a quarterback, not a a middle linebacker, not even an offensive player. A middle linebacker to kick the extra point. And I believe the guy made it. That's Dabo when you're getting your ass kicked by him. I don't know what to tell you. So, you remember that uh, very memeable moment? Uh, I don't remember who Georgia Tech played a few uh, weeks ago when they got a really big win, and there was that meme going across social media where one of the players was like, whatever that was, yeah, you might want to delete it. Anywho, uh, while we're talking about numbers, let's talk a little bit about sports betting and uh, give a little recognition to our sponsor to this show and all the other shows across Chris Landry football. Uh, This show is sponsored by American betting experts. It's one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We have teamed together uh, with them to provide you guys special gaming offers uh, to all our, whether you're watching here on Twitch or whether you're a podcast listener or you go to the Landry football website, wherever you happen to go, these offers are specially for you guys, and here is how you get them. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com, and what you're going to want to do is you are going to want to click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page, and you're going to pick amongst the gaming sites that are legal that are legal in your home state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. You're going to sign up, and you will instantly receive an account deposit match or risk free bet from $100 all the way up to $1,000. It is literally that easy. Uh, So again, you're just going to go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad that'll be located in the upper right side of the page. You get in on the action with a special offer from our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Uh, Big shout out to them as we are definitely trying to get everything off the ground here at Chris Landry Football. And they are helping us do exactly that. So, uh, I talked a little bit, a little swig, 
for you podcast listeners. I was a little parched, so I had to take a quick drink while we head to the back half of the show here. Uh, I talked a little bit about Notre Dame in the early part of the show. Notre Dame is a team that I've been trying to kind of keep my eye on. I haven't talked a ton about them, uh, really just because I haven't gotten to it, quite frankly. I tend to have a lot to say about a lot of things, and I love communicating. And I don't know, I just haven't had a chance to really get to Notre Dame. They haven't played. And, and again, ironically enough, this is very meta. Uh, one of my points in this whole little rant thing about Notre Dame is, in fact, that they simply have not played very meaningful games up to this point in the season. They just haven't, which is why I really haven't felt the need to talk about them as much. I've mentioned that they've got one of the best O-lines in the league. I think they've got one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But they really haven't played anybody. Now, they they beat Louisville 12-7, to and again, Louisville's one of those teams that are not going in the right direction. They're one of the worst teams this year in the ACC, and there's a lot of people who have a little bit of a bone to pick with Notre Dame being ranked as high as they are. In the top 25, they're ranked number three. They were ranked number four last week, so they're up a spot. Um, But they did not put up very many points against what a lot of people view as one of the worst teams in the ACC. Um, And then that led me to kind of want to know, all right, who all of these guys actually played over the course of the season? They've played Duke, one of the other worst teams in the ACC. Makes me very happy to say that as a Carolina fan. Uh, they've played USF, not ranked. That was like 50-something to goose egg, a win by Notre Dame. Notre Dame's currently 4-0, in case you were wondering. Uh, they played Wake Forest, another team going in the wrong direction in the ACC. Another blowout. I believe that one was like 40-something to a little bit. Uh, they've played Florida State. One of the other worst teams, and you're seeing a pattern here, which is my whole point. Now, Florida State, it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to see how they can build off of this win over Carolina, uh, their first win in the ACC uh, with Mike Norville as their new head coach this year. God, Florida State. They, they actually somewhat started to look, obviously not like they did with Jameis Winston and all that, but they actually somewhat played like FSU again. Um, it's kind of been sad just from a college, uh, from a historic college football perspective to kind of watch FSU over the last handful of seasons. I don't remember, and it really, I'm going to have to look it up after the show. Uh, and f- uh, yeah, I'm going to have to look it up after the show. It's bothering me that I can't remember who FSU's coach was for the last couple seasons before Mike Norville this year. Uh, the guy just couldn't get – he seemed like a nice dude, and it's really bothering me that I can't remember his name. In fact, I'm going to Google it while I'm talking about this, but I'll continue. I digress. Um, so there was a moment last year where – there was a mo- – Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart. That was the name of the coach. Uh, oh, this guy. He seemed like a cool guy, but he just didn't seem to have it when it came to coaching a good football team, at least at the ACC level. I don't know about what he's done in the past or where or what. But the thing that seemed to kind of get a lot of weird looks was last year when they lost. I don't remember the details of the game, but they lost a game that they probably should have won. 
And Willie Taggart comes out here. And uh, he talks in his press conference after the game. Is either, Well, it's either after the game or at practice the next day when the media came out. He was talking about how one of the reasons that maybe they didn't get it done in that particular game was that his players just weren't hydrated enough. Uh, whose fault is that, coach? I'll pause for dramatic effect. Whose fault is that, coach, that they didn't have enough water and Gatorade? Uh, of all the reasons... Now, granted, as somebody who is working on staying fit and played sports and still plays sports in tennis and follows such things you know, fairly deeply because it's interesting to me. Obviously, hydration and nutrition. I mean, we see it in LeBron James. The dude puts multi-millions into his body a year. Uh, no telling what type of stuff he has. Uh, i actually be really interested to know, like, what type of stuff he uses. It would be interesting to kind of learn. I don't know. Um, anyway, sidetrack there. But obviously, hydration is important, but, like, figure it out. Uh, how do you not make sure your players are hydrated? Like, whose fault is that? I don't know. Like, that was... I'm sorry for that rant. It just, it's like, of all the excuses to why you lost, um, I, I don't know, we might have not been hydrated enough. Like, uh, so make sure you tell your players, hey, drink up, buttercup. God, it was, it's funny, but it's like, come on, give me a break. So anyway, Notre Dame played FSU. I know it went off the off the trail there, but I really wanted to tell that story. And I'm glad I remember Willie Taggart's name. Um, so yeah, they've played again. They've played Duke, USF, Wake Forest, Florida State, and then Louisville the other day, where they won, but not by much, twelve seven. Uh, clearly a defensive game, and. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what Notre Dame does. Like, I I personally feel, and, you know, I I say I'm on the record. I'm always on the record, but for the sake of saying it, I'm on the record here. Nothing against Notre Dame, by the way, because, again, good quarterback, good offensive line, one of the better ones in college football. I just think Notre Dame – I mean, we're talking about Carolina was overrated. I mean – I may be willing to have that conversation depending on what the heels do against NC State, but I, and I'm not saying that Notre, again, like I got to preface, like I'm not saying Notre Dame isn't good and shouldn't be ranked. I'm not saying that at all, but three with who they've played. Eh, you sure about that? Like, eh, oh. my, that's up there, man. Three's high. Clemson's one. Like, Take it easy, killer. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, to kind of sum up that whole thing, they play a struggling pit team next week. Uh, I'm not sure who's hosting that. They then play Georgia Tech. Yet again, sticking to the theme here, yet another team that's like, okay, like next week. And then, then 
That's when we'll find out. See, Miami already had their crack at Clemson. And in regards to teams that are like, all right, who's the number two tier behind Clemson? We've been trying to figure this out for a few weeks now. Miami had their crack at it, got blown out a few weeks ago. UNC is not scheduled to play Clemson this year because of the whole they're not doing the conference play thing. Uh, But I will say this, after the choke job against FSU the other day, I can be objective enough as a Carolina fan to say, uh, we got to take a step back and you ain't number two to Clemson just yet. You might get there at some point this year, but you ain't there yet, buddy. Uh, So then that leaves Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Virginia Tech is headed in the right direction, and they they may end up being number two behind Clemson when it's all said and done. But, and I'm not sure, I need to look and see. I don't know when or if Virginia Tech plays against Clemson. But the moral of the story here, all right, Notre Dame, you get your crack at it in three weeks. You're hosting it, by the way. Notre Dame will be hosting that game. So we shall see. It, it's going to be a tell. It's going to be to, it's going to be now that again, Notre Dame, I might be wrong on this, and I'm not afraid of being wrong. That's the difference between me and a lot of other people in sports media. You know, you make a you make a take and you might be wrong. Or new data comes about and you might change your mind on things. If if Clemson uh, if Clemson goes out and loses to Notre Dame, then I'll take that back and I'll say, all right, yeah, they're legit. They just didn't play anybody. I mean, again, it's kind of like Clemson having an asterisk last year because the ACC didn't didn't have a good competition stacked up. It wasn't their fault. It's not the Lakers' fault that the Clippers pulled a choke job. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Skip Bayless. Had to go there. It's not the Lakers' fault that the Clippers lost and didn't get to play them in the conference final. That's all I'm saying. It's not Notre Dame's fault that they've had a very weak schedule. And then they finally get a challenge in in, uh, Clemson. Sorry, I hit my mic thing. It's not their fault. So, again, my personal opinion is that Notre Dame is a little overrated. Maybe they'll prove not to be. I don't know. But that's what you're looking for or you're looking at, uh, I should say, in Notre Dame. They've got Pitt next week. Georgia Tech after that, and then they host Clemson the week after that. So, um, got a few more minutes left. Ran a little bit out of time. This was a good show. I really enjoyed it. Um, thank you again. We got a few people in here live right now. Appreciate you guys tuning in. This was a really fun show considering. Uh, oh, got a comment. I'm actually going to get it this time. Uh, missed them last week because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so, FSL Radio Network asks, do you think Notre Dame is better off in the independence or ACC? I think they should be in the ACC. I mean, and again, like I, I'm not going to BS you because I don't know. I don't know how all that works, you know, how they decide. I mean, obviously it's probably from a, uh, how good have you been in recent memory type deal, or maybe it's the size of the, I don't know. Uh, I actually didn't even realize till a few a year or two ago that no, I thought Notre Dame was uh, in the ACC. I didn't realize that they were doing kind of the independent thing. Uh, so that was actually kind of interesting to find out. But I'd like to just see them in the ACC. Like I think I think they belong. And and again, you know, while I do think Notre Dame, 
is a little overrated. I definitely think they're a great football team. Great O-line, one of the best in the league, and good quarterback as well. So, again, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they they may stun us all. Uh, well, they wouldn't have stunned the uh, selection committee because clearly they already had them ranked that high. But they may stun us all that thinks Notre Dame is slightly overrated when they take on Clemson. So, uh, really appreciate uh, the comment there. That was fun. That was like the first comment that I've done since I started doing the show. So that was fun. Uh, I promise this. I'm running a little bit out of time, and I promise this for you. You and I didn't. Get, I will talk about this because I need to address Carolina's choke job against FSU. I'll get to it. You know, my little sign, my Tar Heel fans parking only sign that I started the show hiding behind. We'll get back to that, and I mean. We'll get to that on Friday when we kind of preview UNC and NC State. But on that note, I did promise you UNC and NC State fans a little fact of the day that I just found out not long before I did the show today uh, when I was kind of doing some homework on it. So UNC obviously still ranked. They are number 14, dropped a lot from number five. And while NC State obviously is coming from the world of the unranked and they're number 23 and Carolina and NC state are going to go at it in Chapel Hill uh, on Saturday. So this is the first time. And I thought this was really cool. Just the timing of all this. And, you know, Carolina is come trying to come off of a choke job and NC state's trying to figure out what to do now that their quarterback's out and they're ranked and they've got a lot on their mind, but we'll see. And we'll get into that Friday, but, the stat, this is the first time that both teams are playing each other and they're ranked in the AP t- uh, Top 25. This is the first time since 1993 that that's happened. Back in 1920 or 1993, I should say, uh, Carolina was ranked 18 in the country. NC State was ranked 19. Mac Brown was the coach of the Heels. There's another similarity. Uh, Carolina in your face, NC State. Carolina ended up winning that 35 to 14. And uh, hap- we all lived happily ever, ever after until Carolina choked against FSU the other day. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a cool little uh, tidbit there. First time since 1993. Do you realize that every single player on both of these teams, UNC and NC State, weren't even born yet when that happened? That's how like rare this is. And while you know UNC is and NC State is not as a, as big of a rivalry as it used to be back in those days. So it was probably a big deal back in those days. Uh it's not as big of a rivalry obviously as Carolina Duke and it's not as big of a rivalry as it was back in those days. But this is a big deal because and again we'll get into this more in depth on Friday and I'm excited to go there. UNC's trying to come back and 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 get back going in the right direction. And NC State's trying to keep piling it on. So we shall see. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, really enjoyed having you guys in. Thank you uh, for the comment, FSL Radio Network. Really appreciated it. Uh, again, thank you to American Betting Experts, our sponsor. Uh, be sure to subscribe here on Chris Landry's uh, Twitch channel, Chris Landry. Chris Landry football. 
Uh, check us out and subscribe up at LandryFootball.com. You can get us there. Be sure to check out all the other shows here on Chris Landry Football's Twitch channel. You know, obviously we got this one. We got all the other Power Five conferences. Got the NFL. Got Fantasy Talk. We, you want it? And it's about football. We got it. So, uh, really had a good time on today's show. Appreciate you guys from tuning in. Uh, everybody that got to watch live. Again, FSL Radio Network, appreciate your question. Really, really appreciate your question. That's exciting for me. Uh, thank you to everybody who comes in and watches this after the stream, after it's recorded. Thanks to all our podcast listeners. You couldn't see me hide behind my Tar Heel sign, but believe me when I say I did. Um, uh, it's been fun. 7 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, Mondays and Fridays. Catch us here every week on the ACC tailgate. My name is Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold, uh, and that's going to do it. Till next time, have a good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.